Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, 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 underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me today. Brad, how are you, my friend? Oh, I'm awesome. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. You're beaming light over there, and I just can't wait to get into your story. Through family, we've been blessed to meet each other, which has been incredible, and you've always just been such a guiding light and just like, how's Brad doing? Brad's awesome. You just like, it's just, it radiates on you, and it's so, so beautiful. So I've been intrigued since day one. I'm like, I want to hear all about Brad's story and kind of how Brad became Brad, who he is today. So I'm going to start off with my first question. If that's okay with you, Brad. Yeah. What inspired you on your journey to where you are today? Wow. So different things inspired me, really. Um, For the first 47 years of my life, I think fear inspired me. Fear of not being enough. Fear of not being worthy. Fear of not being lovable. That's what drove me. And now what drives me is making an impact. I I went through such a profound life change two and a half years ago, and I came home from this visit in Park City, and I looked around, and I was like, oh my gosh, Like, did I just find the secret to life? And is this why so many people are struggling in this world? And I was like, I think I did. I think I did. I found it. And oh my gosh, I don't want anyone to to feel the way I felt for 47 years, and I want to help them. So for the last two and a half years, I have been doing nothing but helping people end their suffering. I've been studying under some of the best people. I've spent thousands of hours. My real estate business, fortunately, pretty much runs without me. I work an hour a week, and I am just blessed to wake up every day and shine my light and let other people come to me that want to change and want to find a better life. That's amazing, Brad. My goodness. So if I, before we dive into all of that, as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Like, what was Brad's dream? Brad wanted to ride, uh, wanted, wanted motorcycles. That was his, that was his wish. Every single, every, every wish ever was I want a motorcycle, I want a motorcycle. So I guess I wanted to, to drive or race motorcycles. And then it was in ninth grade when I read a book in how to buy real estate with no money down by Robert Allen, who's in our mastermind. Yes, I can't wait to talk to him one day and tell him that uh, he, he, he hasn't been at the last two masterminds. And yeah, so since ninth grade, I knew I wanted to do real estate investment. And I now realize why it was around money. I knew that I could make a lot of money in real estate. And I thought by making a lot of money would prove my worth and I would find happiness. It's the endless chase that we all seem to just be so enamored by, right? Like that's the number one question. Why do you want to get into real estate? Well, I want to make a lot of money. And then you get deeper and you say, okay, well then why, why do you want that money? And then people go, um, <laughs> like in, in your instance, like, did anyone ever ask you, like, why did you want that money, Brad? Like, what was I, it for? I, I don't recall. And you said something profound a second ago. What did you say? Oh, the endless chase. When you don't feel enough, nothing is ever enough. Nothing is ever enough. So you could make 
million dollars, a hundred million dollars. That's why we see people worth a hundred million dollars taking their life because it's never about the money. So yeah, the money, I, no one ever asked me that, but I'll tell you one of my, one of my major mistakes that I made in life wasn't a failure, but it was a mistake was I started a Keller Williams team in 2008 and I wanted to be the first agent team to ever sell a billion with a B dollars in one year. That was my goal. So and no one ever asked me why. I just said, because no one else has done it. I want to be the first to do it. Well, that was part of five mistakes that cost me $9 million in the first 17 years I was in business. And I didn't start out. I started out with a negative $80,000 net worth, my first house I bought. I cost us a million dollars on that venture because all I was focused on was higher, 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 spend more money, spend more money. Because listen, my subconscious, I didn't wake up and say this. But my subconscious that controls 95% of my behavior and your behavior said, if you can get to a billion dollars, you might be worthy. Forget a hundred million. <laughs> oh, that's for the, that's, that doesn't show you. Let's go for a billion. And we got to $120 million. And uh, my partner was like, do you realize we probably would have made a million dollars more if we hadn't started this business? Just if we'd have just stuck to flip fixing and flipping. I was like, who looks at financials? I'm just growing this shit, right? <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. 120 millions for chumps, apparently. <laughs> yeah. In your mind. Wow. Holy cow. Holy cow. And it's so crazy. You mentioned that you mentioned something about the uh, subconscious mind, which is super, super key. And most people don't realize this that, you know, from zero to seven years old, your brain's in theta state and you're absorbing everything. And 95% of your brain today, is from what you picked up from zero to seven, which is nuts. And then we wonder how things progress throughout our lifetime. And if you don't unlearn certain things, they become programmed, right? So you said like it showed up in your business, like it shows up in your business, it shows up in your career, shows up in your relationships, shows up everywhere you don't want it to show up, right? Like, which is everywhere. <laughs> shows up right. everywhere. Shows up everywhere. It sure does. I call it childhood programming. I used to, a lot of people like to call unresolved childhood trauma, but the reason I stopped calling it that is because so many people would check out when they heard that word. Well, trauma, I didn't have any trauma. I bet you if you ask 9.5 out of 10 of my clients, they'd be like, trauma? No, I didn't have any trauma. And then we get to talking and they're like, yeah, my childhood was good. And then we get to talking and I'm like, ooh, no, you didn't have a good childhood. And a good childhood doesn't mean you had a, you know, every day of your life was misery or you were locked in a cage. What it, what it just means is that your childhood needs weren't met. Very few people's needs weren't, were, were actually met. So what happens as a child when your needs weren't met? You come up with a story. That story gets buried in your subconscious mind while you're in that theta state between zero and seven years old. And it's stuck there forever until you do the work. So if you got spanked as a child, I could come up with a thousand, but let's just choose spank. You got hit with a belt, you got spanked as a child. What do you think that six-year-old little boy or little girl is saying as they're being spanked? Why is this happening to me? We got to figure out why it's happening to me. Well, I must be bad. I must be bad, which also equates to not good enough, which equates to not worthy, which equates to, wait, my mother or father who's beating me, they're the one person in my life who's supposed to protect me, love me. And wait, they're inflicting pain and shame on me. There must be something really wrong with me. As, as one of my mentors says, when something, when a child believes a parent doesn't love them, they don't stop loving the parent. They stop loving themselves. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And like I said, all of this shows up in 
relationships. It shows up in career. Like it's so crazy. And it's like, all right, if you don't want to do the work, right? Like, so like you said, Brad, like if you don't want to do the work, you're going to see it pop up left and right throughout your, your lifetime. And in your case, you saw it in, you saw it in your business. I'm sure there's many more examples, but yeah, to feel marriages, the use of alcohol and weed to feel comfortable in social settings. Yeah, the list goes on and on and on. But I wasn't the person who was afraid to face it. I didn't know it existed. I, if you would have asked me, and we, we, you know, my shirt says "Be addicted to self love." So this programming and the story that we tell ourselves that we're not good enough leads us to lack self love. Well, lack of self-love, in my opinion, is the cause of 99.9% of every problem on this earth, from the war in Ukraine to terrorism to child trafficking to molestation to obesity to the divorce rate. I mean, on and on. Why 30% of Americans or 33% are on an SSRI, an antidepressant or anti-anxiety drug? It all comes down to lack of self-love. Lack of self-love comes from childhood programming and the stories that we tell ourselves to get us through our stressful situations. But I was one of those guys that was just like, from the outside world, I had my 42-foot boat. I had a nice car. I had a lot of houses. I was living the good life, but there was just something off, and I didn't know what. But if you'd asked me, do you have self-love? I would have checked out because I was like, if this show's on self-love, I got self-love. I love myself, and I don't care what others think. Well, I really did care what others think. Hence why I had to drink and smoke weed when I was in social situations. So circling back, I wasn't one of those people that was afraid. I didn't know. So now I developed this like three-minute self-love quiz that anyone can take at bradchandler.com forward slash quiz. And in three minutes, you're going to find out, do you have a lack of self-love, mild self-love, or extreme self-love? If you've got extreme self-love, I bet your life is hitting on all cylinders. If you've got lack of or mild your life probably isn't going so great in one or multiple areas. But the good thing is if you score one of those, you should look at it as a positive because your life can change profoundly for the better. Yes, absolutely. And it's crazy how it shows up in our adult lives, right? Like we don't normalize this. Like you said, a lot of people check out when you say trauma and all that stuff. And when you break it down and you say, no, it's your needs not being met. That is gold because that is something that everybody can relate to. I mean, we don't have perfect parents. We're human, right? Like they've got their lessons to learn. We've got our lessons to learn. It's a question of the awareness of that, right? So like you were the guy that had it all, Brad, pretty much, right? I thought, like I, you, did. I, I, thought, thought I did, but did. I, was actually, I was actually missing the, the most important piece. Yeah, walk me through that. So how, how did you get to that realization? I went to get my son help for anxiety and wow, it may imagine my son has anxiety. I don't feel great about myself. So, and I had two failed marriages and I use weed and alcohol and, and other things, uh, you know, other behavior, lo losing money and I have kids, right? So how could my kids not be affected? I've been a single dad for 12 years and I was the dad that showed up to last year, the year before my daughter played volleyball. I was the only parent that made every volleyball game. I get up with my kids every single morning. I would get them to the bus. I'd be home for dinner 9, 9.5 out of 10 times. I mean, I did everything. Doctors, I did it all because I was a single dad. I gave them love. I gave them affection. But yet my unworthy feeling made both of them have anxiety. So 
if you have a child or multiple children with behavioral issues and you want to know where they're coming from, just grab your spouse and walk into the bathroom and look right in the mirror. And this is no indictment on you, just like I'm not indicting myself. You don't see me sitting here saying I was a shitty father. I did the best that I could knowing what I know. And in two years, my relationship with both of my kids has transformed profoundly. We're so much closer. We have so much more deep conversations. My kids know exactly the source of their pain. At 15 and 20, are they ready to do something about it? They're both not quite ready. My daughter doesn't feel the pain outwardly, but we know it's there. And I can tell by her behaviors. And I use the analogy with her that she's got a back issue. It doesn't feel like any pain. So she doesn't need to go to the doctor. She's going to either need to go to the doctor and get it fixed now, or in three years, the pain's going to get really bad. And she's going to need to get to the doctor. So I'm hoping she does the work before the back pain, before it gets really bad. The question you asked was, what happened? I went to get my son help for anxiety. I was on a call with a performance coach and she said, you have a tick. I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, when you talk about your childhood, you blink like crazy. You might have some unresolved trauma that's affecting your son. Do you want to come out and work with my, my ex-Navy SEAL husband? And I said, sure. And in three hours, Pamela, my life changed forever. I walked out of that Airbnb bedroom, just a completely different person. I felt lighter. I could breathe. I could see, I see the world in a different light now. And since then, I've just continued to build on it. And I'm getting to a place now in my life where my goal is no one can negatively impact me, no situation. And I'm getting closer and closer by the day. So you've said a couple of times how this lack of self-love and childhood programming affects every area of your life. Why are you always upset? Why are you always pissed off in traffic? Why do you take things personally? Why do you get upset when someone critiques you? There's no need for any of that. There, it, there is a possibility that you can live your life where you're never upset. And people are like, oh, that's bullshit. No, it's not. It, it can happen. If you want it and you want to do the work and you want to work at it, it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to be in conflict and be like fighting and yelling with your spouse. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the first step is awareness, right? But first off, are you open to it? <laughs> you know, that's that's the super hard part. Now, if we can go back to your childhood a little bit, Brad, and then kind of touch on how you went through that process, like who who was somebody who inspired you growing up? Who or what, should I say? Or it could be multiple combination. Who inspired me? There was a local real estate developer who owned a golf course and he owned a local real estate firm. Um, he inspired me, but it was all about money. Money inspired me because my parents fought all the time about money. So mm. I thought as, as a child, I probably had what one of my mentors, Marissa Peer calls learned helplessness. My parents are fighting about money. And I'm like, well, if I only had money, I could solve this and there wouldn't be any fighting and I wouldn't have to live in this like caustic environment. And so, mm. and my dad only knew how to show his love through money. So I was like, oh, you have a lot of money. There's going to be love. You don't have money. It's going to be, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad, bad, bad. So I was always inspired. I can remember all just talking about money all the time. How I was going to make a fortune because I think that was me looking for the Tylenol. The Advil was money. I thought it was money. And it's interesting because I had a similar experience kind of growing up too, because I said it since I was young, you know, oh, I'm going to be super hyper successful in business and all the stuff. And, you know, cause money in the right hands changes the world. Right. So that was like, that was my, my whole mindset. And it was also too the same thing, the money programming, it was like scarcity mindset, if you will. Right. And I had to like unlearn all of that stuff because 
coming over to the US when I was five years old, watching my parents build everything from the ground up, it was like nothing was ever enough, you know? And that scarcity mindset was really like deep ingrained. And I had to unlearn so much of that kind of throughout this process to getting to where I got to, you know, like I had my restaurants and then, you know, real estate development and then eventually had to face this, uh, had to face this monster that I had within that I didn't even realize that I had. Right. But it was from programming when I was little. And I mean, I have the greatest parents on planet earth, but it's just crazy how like small things you can pick up as a child. And now all of a sudden it's affecting everything that you do. Right. And, and I found myself super intrinsically money motivated for a very long time. I never even asked myself, like, what do I want this for? I remember I got to my first net seven figure year I was like, well, this is cool for like two days. And then I was like, I had that little God tap. God's like, okay, Pam, doing great things for yourself. What are you doing for the world? It's not all about money. And I'm like, shit, you know, like, well, damn, you know, it's like this big, massive smack in the face in the best way possible. Like, what do you do with that at that point? Right. And it's like, this is what society tells you, you know? work hard, make a lot of money, you know, like retire down the line, go explore the world after it, like all of these things. And then you realize you can get there in certain areas and you're like, this is, this is not, this is not cool. You know? So like, same thing with you. And you had that realization you're like, and now what? (laughs) So would love to pop back to that. And like how you came to that realization, because here you are the guy who has it all. Right. And society, in society standpoints, you had the money, you had the boats, you had this, you had that. Like, how did that all shift for you? It was it was through that exercise that I did where I learned that the story that I told myself was that I wasn't enough based on how my father treated me. And mm. uh, and it, it shifted me so profoundly that I, I didn't know why I was on this earth. I mean, I, I was like, I don't know, I'll figure it out one day. And on that day, I figured it out because I came back and I started talking to people and I started seeing the stuff that I was telling them was starting to impact their lives. And I was like, wow, how many lives could I possibly impact? And I love this work. I mean, I did a deal with a guy. I'm still waiting on He's It's been longer. It was a it was a partition lawsuit in Miami. And I lent a buddy some money probably well over a year ago. And it was a uh, it was an interesting way of, of financing that we set it up. And you'd think that a guy had been in real estate for 17 years, 20 years at the time, 19 years, would have thought, oh, let's read through this. Let's learn this. I had to like push myself to get through these these legal documents. But on this side of the business, I've read 45, 46, 47 books since February of 2021. If I had nothing else to do, you could put me in a beach chair with an umbrella, and I could literally read books eight hours a day on the subject and never, I promise you, never, ever get uh, get bored. I have wow. never been so purposeful or passionate, passionate. So I've scaled the business and now I've got passion and I've got desire to help people. So I don't know where this is going to lead right now. It's, you know, I'm coaching on a small level. I take five to 10 new clients a, a month, but I'm going to figure out a way to take a, a hundred or a thousand a month, not to go make a bunch of money so I can buy a bigger boat, but just the impact. Because when we're laying on our deathbed, we're not going to be counting our money. We're going to be like, thinking about all the people that we impact. And when you impact one person, you impact an entire family. And so, yeah, that's, that's my, uh, that's my plan. That's amazing. That's amazing, Brad. I absolutely love that. And so take somebody who's listening to this podcast right now, 
who is probably like, I can kind of resonate with what they're saying. You know, I feel like there's a missing block or, you know, there's, they are super successful per society standards, but they just don't feel fulfilled. Like what do we say to that person? What would you say to that person uh, to bring them some conscious awareness of what's going on with them and kind of like the next steps? Yeah, that successful person, it'd be interesting to ask them. It doesn't, this is just a byproduct, right? But are they working still despite the money that they have? Are they still working, working, working? Because as I said before, if you're not enough, you can never work enough. Like you're, you're just going to keep working and working. So what I'd ask that person is I'd say, what are the results you've gotten in your life? Are you in a deeply connected, committed relationship? Do you have a really passionate relationship with your spouse where you're safe and you can say anything? What's your health like? Are you happy with your health? Are you happy with your weight? Do you stay in a constant state of peace or are you constantly triggered? And I would just get them to see the results that they've had in their life. What is all this money doing for you? Do you wake up every day and and like you can't wait to start your day or do you wake up and be like, I can't believe I got to face this again? And just I would say, is this the way you want your life to look? You know, 20 years ago, did you imagine looking in the mirror and feeling this way? And if you didn't, I can promise you it has something to do. Every single problem that you have in your life right now is a thinking problem. You're thinking the wrong thoughts, and it's not your fault because you're thinking those thoughts based on something that you had to endure as a child, and you didn't know that those are that's buried deeply in your subconscious mind like it should have. It's doing its job, right? This is This is millions of years of evolution. Our brain is protecting us from death or harm because we're staying in that trauma. So I would ask, hey, do you want to do the work? It's not that hard. It doesn't, you know, I've taken, I was in therapy for 30 years on and off. I went to probably 50, 60 different marriage counseling sessions with my two ex-wives. And in three hours, I made 10, 100 exponential growth than I did in, in hundreds of hours of therapy. And that's what I see with my clients too. I've tried everything I hear. I've gone to therapy. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. And then they they work with me. And it's just like, and there's, I'm not touting myself. It's just my process that I've learned from some of the other great people. So that's what I would say. Do you, do you want to change? Do you really, really want change in your life? And are you willing to look at things from a different perspective? If so, I can help you. I can help you radically change your life. I think one of the greatest things that come from getting out of this fight or flight with the lion chasing you is that I think it's really easy to find your life purpose. When you've got a lion chasing you and you're trying to make the millions, all you're doing is focused on that at the expense of, like you said, relationships and health and a lot of other things. But once that, once we kill that proverbial lion, you can look around and be like, what do I really love to do? What did I love? What did I really want to do when I was seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old? And then you can start doing that. You can start. I think the greatest thing you can do in this world is making an impact. So I've shifted from making a bunch of money in my life to how do I create the biggest impact in people's lives? And the irony is that I know the money is going to come. It already has in my real estate business. The money is going to come more than ever because I'm focused on the right thing. I'm not focused on money for the sake of making me feel better. I'm focused on impact and how do I help more people? I absolutely love that, Brad. I love your mission and I love the process and so many people need this. I mean, like, I feel like the world has gone since COVID, this massive spiritual awakening and people are waking up for the first time and saying like, holy shit, like, what am I doing with my life? Because for the first time you were pulled out of your routine, right? Like 
first time you were forced to slow down. You were forced to think about it because you were home. Yeah. And really think you really sit down and think. And I feel like so many people are in this massive state of shift right now and, and trying to understand why is it, you know, what are all these conscious feelings that are popping up? Like, how do I deal with these emotions? How do I release, right? Like, how do I release a trauma maybe from the, from the past or an experience, you know, like, how do you, how the hell do you do that? Right? Like, so I feel like so many people are in this shifting, they're like shifting gears right now and trying to focus on a more fulfilled life rather than the money, which is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. More people are working remotely. So they get to spend more time with their families. Like there's all these things going on. And I'm sure you've noticed the trend as well, Brad, like in, in your opinion, like what has been your experience with kind of watching everybody and kind of where they're, where they're going, where the world's going, if you will. So I question that a lot because it's like the red car theory, you know, you go by red car and then you see all the other red cars and I, I, I often ask myself, is it, is there a bigger movement? I think there is, or is it just that I'm just more aware of it now? Cause Facebook, mm. as bad as Facebook is, I was the guy, you know, commenting politically and I was the guy looking for negative news. I haven't watched, I, I haven't watched news in like two and a half years. It was one of the better things I've ever done, but my Facebook feed has completely changed. Now I get served up inspirational things. I get served up stuff about childhood programming. And so I see it so much more. So I don't know the answer to that. In my heart, I believe that there is an awakening happening right now and that there's a higher power that knows better than we do and, and is making a shift. And what I would suggest everyone does is just constantly question why do I feel this way? Why am I thinking this way? Why am I acting this way? It's almost like become your own therapist by just constantly reflecting on why you do these things because you shouldn't be in a state 10 times a day where you're pissed off or angry or you don't want to come home or the kids, you know, the kids make you angry, which is impossible. No one can make you angry. So if you're like, those kids are driving me crazy, I don't know what I'm going to do. Look at yourself in the mirror because no one can really make you angry. No one can break your heart. So just constantly question and look for the truth. Why am I feeling this way? And it can make profound shifts in your, in your world and life and relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, I mean, of course they're, they're going to want to connect with you after this, Brad, for sure. But you know, like after you have that conscious awareness, like what is the next step and in, in like understanding like, okay, yeah, I know I've got some stuff I got to deal with. How do, how do you release these things? Right. Like you said, within that three hours, your whole entire life shifted. And that's like 30 years of therapy within like a short amount of time. Like, how does that happen for for someone? So I do it through something called RTT, rapid transformational therapy. And it's a combination of neurolinguistic programming, cognitive behavioral therapy, and hypnosis. And so in that two or three hour window, I get you in a deeply relaxed state. You're conscious and it's not like the typical hypnosis where you're chasing animals around on stage. It's not that at all. You're just sitting in a chair on your bed with some pillows propped up and you're just relaxed. You're deeply relaxed. It's everyone goes into hypnosis every day when they're in the shower or they're driving or taking the train to work. That's just like just it's just programming they're just they're just kind of in like la la land so that's what we get you in so you're super focused and basically we just ask your subconscious mind what is the source of the pain what's causing what are, what are some scenes in your childhood or in your life that are the cause of the problem today whether it's ocd depression anxiety working too many hours whatever it is smoking 
drinking, drug use, and your subconscious mind is going to go right to a scene that has all to do with why you're feeling this way. And then we figure out what was the story you told yourself about that scene? Because as Gabor Mate says, the trauma isn't what happened to you. That's the traumatic event. The trauma is the story that you tell yourself about that event. So we figure out the story. And then through neuroplasticity, I make a recording that you listen to in an alpha wave brain state as you're going to sleep at night. And you literally can recode your brain to, to grow new neural pathways, which will change your thinking and thus radically change your behavior. So it sounds so simple. And it really is so simple. It's not completely easy, but it's a simple concept. You are the way you are because of flawed thinking that happened as a child. So we we identify that flawed thinking. We make you aware because like you said, all change begins with awareness. And then we tell that brain, that beautiful brain of yours, a new story. And then we just recode it and rewire it in your brain. And then you get to live a joyous and free life the rest of your life. That is beautiful. My goodness. I neurolinguistics programming has been one of my favorite things ever. When I tell people I'm like your mind is one of the most powerful things on this planet. You know, you can program it accordingly. Like it can literally, I mean, there's all these things with quantum, you know, skipping quantum fields. And, you know, there's Dr. Joe Dispenza that talks about, you know, changing your internal state and really like focusing on that and then recoding the brain and how you can rewire it and everything you just mentioned. It's fascinating i'm like guys this is science like this can be done like to you i remember i was in i was in my training for neurolinguistics programming and there was this one girl in there who was terrified of public speaking they did like a 10 minute exercise on her she got up on there and was just like doing her thing and she's like oh my god she's like i don't want to throw up when i'm up here like you know this has never happened before like it's crazy what your mind can do if you allow it to I'm halfway through the placebo effect, Joe Dispenza's book he wrote in 2013. And yeah. I knew some of it, but I didn't know all of it. The amount of studies that are done. So placebos were invented or whatever you want to call it, because they wanted to test a placebo against what would happen it was testing a medication, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't think anything would ever change in the placebo. They thought that was going to be their control group. But every single time, crazy stuff happened with people given placebos. I mean, crazy stuff. Almost every illness under the planet has been cured or, or greatly reduced by giving something to a patient and saying, this is whatever. And their brain thinks it's that. And it does the same exact thing as the drug does. There's been studies that maybe it's Paxil. It's one of the given antidepressants over the last 30 years. It's in Tony Robbins' Life Force book. It's got the same, same rate of success as a placebo. And so now you've got to start to think, is, does the antidepressant or anti-anxiety drug work at all, or is it just the brain saying it's working so when they get it, they feel better? I don't know. So crazy. It's fascinating. Yes, I had heard that too with Dr. Joe, Joe Dispenza when they did like all these new testings, and they said that as well. It's like your brain has the capability of healing. Your body knows how to regenerate itself. It's got to program it accordingly. And then like all the different brain waves that things happen in, you know, like you got the, the beta and then the gamma, like just insane stuff. And I'm just like, I never thought I'd be obsessed with science. And here I am obsessed with science. Like this is the, yeah, the key to life. The key to me life. Too. They, they talk about a study that was done in Japan in the book where they took a bunch of participants and they told them that they were rubbing poison ivy on their skin. The participants got poison ivy. 
But guess what? It wasn't poison ivy. It was nothing. They then told the participant, they put some medicine on it and they said, this is the best poison ivy medicine in the world. The poison ivy went away. So our brain can pretty much mimic any drug in the world. It's insane. So if our brains are that powerful, for all of you who are suffering out there, know that your brain can fix it, whether it's a, an illness or, I mean, Dr. Gabor Mate believes that, that most all illnesses, he's a, he has a 600-page book called The Myth of Normal, that almost every illness is from that childhood programming and the stress that people live wow. with. And he's not the only one. Joe Dispenza believes that like Bruce Lipton believes it on and on and on that, that yeah, our hospitals are filled with people because of the way that they think and the way they feel about themselves. And you can say, well, what about diet? There's a lot of people in the hospital because of diet. You're right. But why is their diet so bad? Because of their programming. A lot of people use food as a way to feel better. When you're two, three, four years old, can you get in the car and drive to a local bar if you want to like blow off some steam? No, but you can go to the refrigerator and eat. Mm. Or, if you've been, or if you've been sexually assaulted, I've heard people want to gain a bunch of weight so they think that they won't be assaulted again. Or they've seen their dad abuse their mom and they say, if I could only be bigger and your mind will give your body what you ask for. So these crazy weight swings that people do all the time, when someone comes to me and said, hey, I just lost, lost 60 pounds. I'm like, really, that's awesome. I, and I, I truly am like, I'm genuine. But I go, I got to ask you a really important question. Did you figure out what caused you to put the 60 pounds on in the first place? Because if you didn't, it's coming back probably plus, plus a couple more. Mm, absolutely. The root cause of all of it. And it's like the thing that blows my mind about life in general is that you, you we can continue to walk through it as, and not be aware. Like if you're not consciously aware, life literally just passes you by. And I describe it as you're literally sitting on a train. You don't know where you're stopping, where you're going. You're just sitting there and it just, you're going to see everybody pass right by you and all of that stuff. You're not even going to notice everything on the windows because you're so stuck right here and opening that conscious awareness and being really intentional with like, no, this is where I want to go. And this is what I want to do. And it's, it unlocks like a whole level of manifestation in the mind. So, I mean, this all correlates together, Brad, right? Like just like ending your suffering, like you said, and kind of like manifesting your dream life. Cause that's where you're at. Now that's where I'm at. Um, um, so I have a love for water. So I, now I, I realize I bought the boat one cause I love water, but I wanted to prove my worth. And then seventies after 70 days after buying this 42 foot boat, I never owned a boat. I'm like, I'm going to take it to the Bahamas. I couldn't even read a chart, Pam, but I got in the boat <laughs> and I started heading, I started heading for the Bahamas. I made it to the keys and then I went through my life transformation. So I am building wow. my dream life and my dream life is to talk to huge groups about this, which I'm doing right now with you. And, and then I want to take people onto my boat. I want to take maybe couples who are really struggling and do like life transformations over the course of a weekend in the Caribbean or in Florida, or I'm going to start doing it on the Potomac here in DC, <clears throat> but that's my life. So yes, wow. absolutely. I am now crafting the life that I didn't even know existed or was possible because I was stuck in money, 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 real estate, real estate, real estate. Well, real estate was never my passion. Helping people and making an impact and changing lives was always, I just didn't know it. So when we scrubbed off all these filters, boom, it shined through. And that's exactly what I think happens with most people. Once they can kill that proverbial lion, they can look around and say, what was I meant here? Because you were put here for a massive mission. You just haven't figured it out yet. And the number one way how you figure it out is 
fix that flawed thinking in your in your beautiful brain. Absolutely, absolutely. And with that, Brad, question for you. This is my favorite question ever. What would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? You are enough. You always were enough and you always will be enough. I love that, Brad. I absolutely love that. And I love, I just love the story and the transformation and like just the realness and authenticity of it all. Thank you so much for that. And like, just super excited. So you mentioned you were going to start these like almost weekend retreats and you're building your dream life right now. Like what's life looking like in the next couple of months for you? Like you have any new launches coming up? Got anything fun coming up? I'm going to launch a local meetup group. That's going to be really fun. I'm going to somehow involve the boat. I don't know how. And I'm just going to try to get more people out on the water. I really haven't spent a dime yet marketing this business. I haven't spent one penny on ads. So I'll probably start running some ads. And just, um, you know, every day I wake up and I say, how can I get my clients more results? So every day I'm just focused on, and I think every day I make a little progress. So I'm just going to continue to work with people and change lives and learn from them and learn how can I, how can I do it better next time? I absolutely love that, Brad. You are amazing, my friend. And I'm sure everyone's been listening this whole time is like, I want to talk to Brad. How do I connect with him and his awesomeness? Where's the best place to find you, my friend? Uh, bradchandler.com and i put out a daily message on love and freedom and happiness almost every single day and you can find me on every social media platform by going to bradchandler.com forward slash contact and it's got my story it's got a link to schedule a call it's got all my social media so yeah if you're suffering life wasn't made to suffer life was meant to be joyous and no matter what your situation is if you're willing to change and change that programming and that thinking in your head you have no idea how profoundly your life can change in the next five years and frankly, in the next five months, if you want it to. I absolutely love that, Brad. Oh my goodness. I love your mission and everything you're doing for this planet. And just kind of, I can't wait to see you build everything that you are right now with such joy and happiness and how many people you're going to help. So thank you so much for being you. Thank you so much for being here today and just being a total rock star at life and all the things. Thank you so much for having me. That was awesome. Thank you. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is overtime, working like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs.